Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? So, you know, um, I think it's just thanks so much. It's really lovely to, um, as I've mentioned to you before, I'm a big fan of the record and, um, and, and, and your past work, so it's really nice to just have a chat about um, this, this new album of yours. Cool.
don't know. I, I've read 50, I've read 60, but 60 albums and around 800 songs in yeah. to your career. Yeah. Um, and after what I believe um, you described as, as a sort of peak in, with uh, 2011's Diamond Mine collaboration with John Hopkins and, and your critically acclaimed 2014 album uh, from Scotland with Love. Um, how how did you you begin to approach? Yeah, no, um, well, the process of, of writing astronaut meets Apple Man. So, th- well, that that voice that oh, you've had a record that's done well, you know, and it's not uh, it's not explicit. The what are you going to do next question? I think that would be a mistake by anybody to, you know, it's it's almost like it's the white elephant in the room. You don't talk about what is going to follow up. Just concentrate on concentrate on, and I have to say a lot of the hurly burly around the record it catches you up you know well down the line you'd think it's all happening now and it is all happening now i'm doing a lot of promo right now and radio sessions and trying to i'm still trying to learn the songs off the record (laughs) so the band priority is really how are we going to play this live even though we did it in the sort of artificial confines of different studios uh, one at a time and everybody got two or three passes and you know all of that suddenly oh yeah and for me we wrote the songs i it, how, how long how well long in a studio in a, well we started about a year ago the recording started in uh in ireland on analog tape so shutting out all the voices of what to do next um there's always a choice after every album whether to go down a similar path or ditch it all together. And the times where I have ditched it all together, for example, that record I did with the Earlys, that was out of nowhere, really. And then back on track with a band, the Fife Lot. So always, you know, each record, something presents itself. So this time around, we were still working on the film soundtrack and trying to play it live, still trying to learn to play it live, even though the record had been out. Uh, so we're, we're now in, what, 2015? or thereabouts we did a big summer show in Glasgow and it was David McCauley who'd worked on the From Scotland With Love album he was the genius behind it all he did the question so what are you going to do now and we were backstage at uh, Kelvin Grove Park and I said well I think what I want to do is because this the band that we're trying to learn From Scotland With Love a lot of it was a big band that played that film, but a lot of those players were starting to kind of leak into the normal KC outfit, and I was kind of getting reinvigorated by having a band that was largely acoustic. And I started out in a bluegrass band, and I'd kind of along the way forgotten the joy of having real instruments that don't require, like, well, they do to some extent, but they make a noise. They make a really good noise without any amplification, without having to channel it through this and have carrying ampeg amps and all of that so i was looking around and like right well we've got this double bass i'd been working and recording with gordon mclean in the back in the background going over to mull um i did a record with him in 2013 called uh three on this island so he was kind of and sort of starting to play with the band more acoustic bass and the from scotland with love band they were kind of feeding into the KC band, so that's Pete Harvey on cello. And it made sense to just kind of work with this acoustic kind of band. But at the same time, I get really bored with songs really, really fast. So even when we were supposed to be learning from Scott Love, I was chucking new songs into the mix constantly. 
So the album I referenced, Three on this Island, there was already half a dozen songs from this unheard record. Certainly, my manager had never heard the record. Domino hadn't heard it. It was something really personal to me, that record. It was all the breakup of Fence Records Limited and all that hurly-burly of a year, broken ankle and everything going on. So uh, it was really personal, and I kind of tried to keep it that way. And I was like, look, I just did 300 on vinyl. I don't want a big fuss around this. I'd, in the past, I'd had chats with Johnny Bradshaw about, does every record have to go through this scrutiny? Like, some records, great. Hopkins, KC... That's amazing. That deserves to have everybody pour over every lyric if they want. But there's other ones, I think, I don't know. I was, I was just off the cuff. Or, you know, so ignoring the pressure about the next record, David McCauley, what are you going to do next? I was like, I want to do more with this acoustic band. Like, not only are we learning to play from Scotland with Love and those songs away from the film, but we've got new songs that we're playing from Three on this Island and already... My manager and Domino, they came to see us a year past when we did the Union Chapel Theatre. What are these new songs? <laughs> are these going to be on the next record? And of, of course, I'm humming and hawing about, well, hmm, they're quite personal, though, those songs. I don't, I don't know if I want to re-record them or record them and then hand them over to Domino, who will definitely push them out there. Yeah. It's like, they're, I think they're too close to the bone right now, maybe later. So I'm doing a little bit of fast talking. So back to David McCauley, what are you going to do? Oh, well, I want to use this band. I was like, but when we play live, sometimes I have the full eight and it sounds epic. But most of the time when I'm trying to do tours, we're in my, my old Audi and there's only three of us. So it'd be kind of cool if the record reflected uh, both sort of live scenarios. So yeah. it's going to be really quiet, really creaky really played but i want it to also be acoustic epic mm -hmm. and he kind of said good luck <laughs> <laughs> no he, he did say well he'd be up for trying to somehow mastermind that in a way yeah and um so that was kind of the blueprint for it but at the same time i was like you know and song wise the last few records i've had that are known are definitely not uh, th well the film was uh songs written for a specific thing so the Kenny Anderson, the, the wee King Creasoke voice, was quite quiet in the From Scotland Would Love. There's not a lot. Well, there's a little bit of middle-aged angst, but not that much. And Diamond Mine was a collection. That was John's pick of going back through my, you know, right back to the late 80s songs yeah. I wrote way back then. So I feel like what I would want to say in songs, I, I feel like that's been dampened down for like the last six or seven years. That's so this record, I didn't want, and I did say to David McCauley, I was like, you know, at that point, after From Scotland Love, that was a license to Domino. I still kind of wasn't signed technically. I kind of was, but, you know, there's, oh, there's always wriggle room. Yeah. But I did feel like, you know, I don't want to feel the pressure of bettering From Scotland Love. Yeah. Like, that had everything. I had a film, a full film that yeah. ran on the telly with the whole album and more. Like, who gets that yeah. for an album, the whole thing? Like, they're... They, they fall over themselves to get you a, a two-minute, one-minute, half-a-minute TV ad. But this ran on the television, the whole thing, with a film. Like that, how can you better that? Yeah. You know, and all that stuff around the referendum, it had everything pushing that record. I was like, I don't want to feel the heat from that. But I am going to do, it, it'd be daft to not do an acoustic record or, or somehow follow it. So there's a couple of things. 
one, I want to make it more personal to me, uh, songs-wise. Two, I don't want it to be as kind of laboured. I felt like From Scotland With Love was quite laboured. I had to get all those couplets to, like, shoehorning. And then you work into a, a film director who just cuts yeah. mercilessly yeah so the final edit was not mine yeah and that made it like some real lyrical leaps of faith where you don't have the time to 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 actually explain why you're going on about glasgow tenements in one line and a you know and a drinking addiction and then straight into you know yeah. <laughs> yeah it was bewilderingly fast so i was like okay i want it to be acoustic and more acoustic i want it to be more scottish if that's possible yeah I'd, uh, last summer, I, I, I did a vocal for Myred Green. I was like, I want bagpipes on this record. I must have bagpipes. Uh, last year, I played a show with uh, Katrina Mackay, harp, and Chris Stout, violin. Uh, and they actually played on the very first versions of things like You Just Want, Wake Up To This. I was like, I must have the harp. Got to have the harp. So I had in my head that it was going to be this big, sprawling, acoustic, Scottish dance band, basically. <laughs> But with songs that were like less cynical, less worked out, yeah. Uh, and I knew I don't have a I don't have a budget for I don't have an endless budget. I've got enough for maybe a couple of weeks here and a week to mix it. So I thought, right, if I just do this quickly, almost have this big band busk their way through new brand new songs in these different studios, Ireland on tape, uh, Antobar on Mull. Um, if I, I thought if I could just somehow get this captured. And then I would do the same. I'll come in with half-finished songs and just write off the cuff. Here I am, age 48. This is this is the shit you're getting right now. Yeah. How about that? Boom. It would make a really kind of immediate record. Yeah. Uh, and then David McCauley was going to be the one that would just take all the strands, somehow make it make sense. Turns out he went back to study. He's doing an MA right now. So in February this year, uh, I hit the Paul Savage panic button. <laughs> I was like, Paul, I'm in trouble. It was meant to have been finished in November. Right. David McCauley can't bring it all together. I'm stuck with two-inch reels, uh, WAVs that I know nothing about. I don't know how to do anything with them. Uh, I've got this mishmash of stuff. And and to com to compound confound to confound matters, we were working on two records at the same time, because very early on, the big band wanted to know what the three of us had been up to in Ireland. Yeah. And cellist and the Irish lot were like, "Well, what are you do? What are you doing up there?" So it it turned out instead of being four songs and four with each, it started to become six, twelve, <laughs> and suddenly we had sixteen, seventeen songs, and we're working on them all with a limited budget. So that increased the buskability of it. People yeah. didn't have. And it's great on, um, great, it's not great, it's, it it's amazingly it, it great, but on Love Life, that guitar solo yeah. that comes out, uh, that's Soren's first pass pl recording and playing on a song he had, hadn't heard. Amazing. That's It was the first one, and there's so much of that on the record. The what harp, the she just went for it. Okay, this song, uh, this is called Love Life. And, uh, does anybody in the room still have a love life? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, God damn it.
Oh, 
you hear that? I think you hear that. I think it comes through, you know, it feels it feels um, closer to you, I think, uh, when it comes across. And <clears throat> I suppose even though that was a lovely explanation of, of how the, the, the extent to which bringing this record together... Well, so it is haphazard. I mean, you do have a plan, but it's so haphazard. But it's, it's, but it's embracing kind of, that haphazard it, kind it, of well, it's process, just kind of, yeah. You know, and it's down to as well how how people are on the day and who can come in on the day. Yeah, like so, you just want when we play it live with the full band. There's three ha 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 ha, and four when Soren sings. That's a massive wall of ha ha ha, and myself on the top. But when it came to to doing, you just want it was last minute. It was like, get can we digitize that analog thing, right? Can we loop the the middle section? The middle set because we played it live, not to click. The middle section just kind of goes uh, speeds up and so because uh, yeah. we looped it digitally. I was like, I want this to be like a bluegrass record. I want everybody to step up to the mic and do a little bit. Yeah. So there's meant to be all the vocals in there, but uh, one of our singers, Amy, couldn't manage in that week or had a cold. Uh, Hannah, we somehow got her a file to wherever she was. She's in many different bands. Managed to get her vocal down, thinking there, there would be other Hannah, vocal. Hannah Fisher, oh, right. the violin. Yeah, yeah. So she thought there would be more vocals, so she just did a solitary. <laughs> 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 and then the end result is, well, there's one vocal when there should have been four, but... But it worked. Yeah, but we looped the middle bit. Yeah. So now the middle section is three times the length and more than it was. Everybody, there's all the combinations of, and it's kind of the bench, benchmark for the whole record, right in that first song. This is what's coming down the line. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the happy accident thing, and I love that. Like I've I've always adhered to this happy accident policy when we play live, and that's the no rehearsal. Let's just make songs simple, and you're the musician, so you make it work. You do what you think and want to do, and the band I've got right now are really they're listeners. They don't showboat and they don't. They just okay, this could use a bit of that. Oh, maybe not that. Yeah. So uh, we took that into the studio and just went right here we go, and uh, the fact yeah. So there are some unsung geniuses, I think, and Paul Savage being one of them, he had to, and he was presented with stuff he didn't record. So he's like, oh, what's he done there? And how am I going to undo, how do I make all the songs sound like they belong? So a simple trick is just record one more thing on every song in your studio. We'll do that. Okay, right, let's add. You know, so all these kind of odd uh, and it's all done over three weeks, isn't it? So it's, yeah. it's not, and there's no, st all the kind of strokey beardy 
stuff happens after it's finished it's yeah when it's too late when yeah. you're like oh what what it, did we what did we mean by that <laughs> i suppose I, I was reading um elizabeth aubrey the quietest um wrote a glowing review of the record and she was describing the album's kind of central theme as exploring the tensions and unity between tradition and modernity the old and the new it was i mean you've sort of touched on bits of that i suppose really when in, in the process of recording, but <clears throat> thematically, did that feed into your lyrics? And Well, yeah, in my life, well, there's the wind turbine uh, tirade that happens on Melon Wind. Turbine regiment that's moving in. 
Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Being in a band, you're faced with this all the time. Like, what can you do to almost undo what has been done? You know, whether that's uh, how do we stop this record becoming a free for all? How do we get how, my my thing and constantly the backdrop to everything I do is how do we get value back into recorded music mm -hmm. and into seeing bands live how do we get the value of the moment and not the value in the moment isn't making a digital copy of it in some advert to the world that you were there making a digital copy but you kind of weren't there yeah kind of missed the thing and so that is a backdrop not only to how I operate as a band and the constant trying to not take part in the in the sort of the methods that you're kind of you're sold this oh if you do this and do this and do that and it's like yeah but you're cheapening it you're cheapening it you're cheapening it each time each time don't do that take, haul it back you know so that's a constant thing uh, and that's that's how we do shows where we do shows um, and then in my lyrics it's it's right there that cynicism that hack that's why. Uh, when it came to doing the to I go back to the soundtrack, you know, I had a, I got myself in a real knot over that soundtrack. I don't I'm not a hist I don't have the historical knowledge to be a kind of spokesperson mm. for a hundred years of social history. I'm like, come on, that's pressure. That's, that's a massive <laughs> pressure. But then it, the director was like, no, you just have to bring the characters to life. I was like, all right, yeah, because everybody in that film is dealing with their life in that minute, in that instant. And in all of that film, nobody's recording it constantly. Some of the the scenes in the film, you could tell there was a camera on them and it was a little bit staged and a little bit awkward. But a lot of it was just home movies. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thinking, yeah, they're, they're living their lives without any thought of it getting poured over constantly for, for however long it sits on a server somewhere under the ocean. You know, that's they're living the life. They're in the moment. So they're thinking the same stuff. Like, yeah, fancy her. Uh, am I going to get a holiday this year? Oh, I don't like that guy's shoes. You know, all the... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought, yeah, just put yourself in there. Yeah. Put yourself as one of those characters or or not. Just have your voice in the hope that you're, you're in, the, in the many people in those scenes, somebody might be thinking that. Yeah. And that was it. Once I got over that hurdle, I was like, yeah, I just have to be me. 
or a not a time traveling me even as long as i don't go on about stuff that they obviously didn't have yeah. then you know satellite and whatever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah going going back to that kind of idea for me, it was right. I, I am nostalgic. My dad did have a better time in, in a band. He had way more gigs. My dad still is bamboozled that I would tra travel as far as Manchester to play a show. He, he says the same thing. He's like, can you not get shows closer at home? I'm like, uh, yeah, no, you mean. He would fill his week. You know, and we're talking a Tuesday round to a Sunday night, and he'd only travel 15 miles from home and back every night. He's, he's like, you get hotels. <laughs> or you know i'll say oh i'm playing in wherever leads and da, da, da. he's like you're not driving home every night though are you i'm like well well no no we stay he's like but doesn't that cost a lot i'm like yeah actually most of the money goes on that yeah you're right it's that, like we're that, we're a traveling roadshow for that must for be travel really grounding lodging. though that that must be really grounding to just pull pull you back you know keep your, your feet on the ground and Oh yeah, and in another way, when Hopkins and I went over to the States, we, we insisted that we played small shows. And the label, and, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's, you, you're really shooting yourselves in the foot. You know, why are you thinking small shows? Well, well, let's just play 100 or less. And we didn't half fill those. We played eight shows in the US to a total of 400 people. And the quietest show was like eight people, of which six had driven eight hours to see, right? Wow. So all this madness, and... The girl that came with us from Domino, what a shame. She was like, I don't get it, I don't get it. Look at all the... She was hauling up all these uh, blog sites and Twitter this. And, and I was like, yeah, but you don't know where these people are. Yeah. They're, they're obviously not coming to the gigs. You know, so it was a massive misfire. And this is in the... You've been nominated for Mercury and Diamond Mine's getting five stars. And, you know, it, it was this massive disconnect. Mm. I was like, well... It's either you're advertising all this stuff to a generation who have no intention of coming. They just want to do a, a like. Yeah, hey, yeah like, exactly. But I'm not going to turn up, but like. Yeah. Uh, or And the people who would have come to that those shows are relying on other methods of finding out, which you're not taking part in anymore because you're saying there's no money for it and you're going down this cheap route of, you know, so we just found ourselves coming home and all our audience going, we never knew you were in the States if I'd known... Oh, wow. Okay. But I thought the digital world was everybody's connected. Everybody knows. It's like, no, there's far too much information. Nobody could find what they need. Yeah, you know, so this whole, this whole digital disconnect uh, is, it pervades everything that we do. Yeah. Day to day, uh, constantly, right down to what happens when we deliver a record, you know, to Domino and say, well, how, how do you make sure that the album is new when it comes out on the day of release, not old. I've seen records that nobody's interested in them by the time they, they arrive. They actually come Because yeah. it's, it's leaked out and everybody's got it. And everybody who would have bought it has been given it for free. You've just given it to everybody that, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah. So, it yeah, that's, that's a constant thing. And uh, So, yeah, the album, I don't think it's explicitly about, no. yeah, no. oh, I hate the iPhone. Turn off your iPhones. Get back into nature. It's not, and but it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's right into the way and and the knock-on effect that digital has had for us. Record sales are way way down. Yeah. Every record I put out, I'm yet again demoralised that how few sales can actually get you in the chart. It's like what? 
but this isn't paying for anything. I know how the sums work. Yeah. I know who sells what for what. <laughs> it's like, this isn't, how can this work? I know what I spent on the recording of it. And I did that as quickly and as cheaply as I could. Yeah. And it's not going to make that back. So yeah. what what's going on? So, um, yeah, this this thing of, uh, it's you know. A, so it's important to, to push and question it. But it, it, it kind of doesn't ever seem to <clears throat> affect, I suppose, it, your your sort of consistent sincerity in your music, even when you're navigating your way through, you know, the trying to embrace or understand or, or work out that sort of digital versus analog yeah. kind of way of recording. And, and I was just going to say there's a, a real honesty and, and belief in, in your lyrics and your compositions, which you take for granted because that's who you are, I suppose. But I suppose comparing it to, to other songwriters, it's, it's a real strong, noticeable part of, of who you are and your, your music. Is this, has that always come natural to you? Is it is it kind of ever difficult to maintain at times, you know? Yeah, there's some... Okay, so of the new record, and apart from Full Call, which was a B-side uh, on a single that just got swept under the carpet 10 years ago, is, has now re-emerged... <laughs> Uh, apart from that one, it is an old song uh, and, an, and an old apology, too late even then. But um, all the other songs are post from Scotland With Love, so they're, they're in the now. Yeah. Uh, and they involve uh, people that are still very much in my gang. So, and they're stories. So I always go back to the wake up to this, the lyric. That pretty much happened line by line. But I will, ch I will change and still change the you, the I, the we, the she, who's he, who's her, you know. And, uh, in some, and then I'll also bring in snippets from other tales, and I'll just bring them all in and just jiggle them all and make it into what sounds like one cohesive story. But okay. that story does have a lot of strands. So the people that are directly referenced in that song... They'll maybe be wincing a little bit because they'll, <laughs> they'll know, but then nobody else outside of that can piece it together. So, uh, and it, it, they'd be a genius if they could because there's, there are different strands. So wake up to this, it, that happened. That's, that's, that, that is all, it's all there. But it, there's codes in it and little in-jokes and yeah. a little bit of a poke at this and Melon Wint, that, that is it. That's it, it. That song wrote itself. Um, you just want there's been a lot of kind of pouring over what what is this you know and I could go through that and you know I could there is an essay on each line because I really worked hard on those there's only four lines yeah uh, and, a, and a can I be him type thing but there each of them is loaded absolutely there's like a little chapter <laughs> distilled into each one so I'm yeah. chuffed with that song um, things like love life you know that's that's a real kind of it's partly me, partly not me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think I, I like to think I can have fun. So although I am quite pessimistic about everything that's going on around, I somehow use that and channel it and try and push an optimistic vision for even just something that you, we can reclaim. You know, yeah. all that stuff, it's there. Just don't, just don't ignore it. Just yeah. don't discount the 70s as white dog shit and broken glass and strike <laughs> and strikes you know 70s in my mind is beautifully sunny days <laughs> yeah uh and I, I don't know i think as i get older i'm able to pull from further back in the day and remember i remember things in a different way and 
I'm not as I'm not as much uh, in a hurry. Oh, well, I am in a hurry because I think of a finite amount left I could physically do. Never mind anything else. But at the same time, I'm not in a hurry to get my point of view over anymore. Which twenty years ago I was. I was really no. It's now and you know this is nah, a lot kind of angstier. I think. And now I, I just feel like yeah. So what if, if this is confusing? Like, I might make sense of this in five years' time. I don't have to know right now why that line came into my mind and why I like it. In Scotland right now, there's a 16-degree heatwave. Time to choose so many bad 
The thing as well is, is um, that I've gotten into more is just relying on my intuition. Yeah. I used to always question that. No, if you think that's good, it can't be good. Yeah. But trusting it. But trusting it that actually, no, I'm going to stick with that line. A lot of the lines, uh, the second verse for Surface was being written very quickly whilst Hannah was double tracking verse one. So that that was a real, uh, you know, yeah, I need a second verse, but do I need it that much? No, I'm no, I'm not going to work. No, this is this is where the song is. It's claustrophobic, right? And then it kind of does write itself if you just get yourself and to trust yourself in the situation that you're trying to describe. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is like wordplay, isn't it? Really, you could have a lot of fun. Melon went the we're all set to die. Well, it's set North Wales, and it was the Wirral. So there's Wirral set to die. Uh, that'll go over the heads of most it's just a slight mispronunciation or is it or you know and all these little things that you think of at the time the scarlett johansson line in love life that was an afterthought that the tape was running i was like right i need a different line here and it just so happened on the way over to mull to record i was trying to get uh andy drummer to listen to the under the skin soundtrack and uh he he was what is this (laughs) i could get this off it's making me sick get this turned off I so love that soundtrack. It's amazing. I was like, what? What are you not hearing, Andy? Oh, it's all out of tune. And it's like, I can't. Oh, no. I've, no, honestly, I'm going to barf. <laughs> so uh, because that was kind of in my mind and yeah. a day later we're doing this song, it's like, it had to be Scarlett Johansson. Or, you know, it's right there. It's, the, it's this kind of bone of contention. And, and uh, Andy, drummer, he had a problem with Peter Rabbit T. He couldn't understand why a, a two-year-old was orchestrating a band. <laughs> I don't get it. What is this? Well, I can't. I'm out of time and everything's all shugly. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just go with it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Which um, I was going to say with, with uh, Peter Rabbit T and, and also the, the album title, um, you know, the unsung hero of this album is your daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you explain So very early on, behind Yeah, that? very early on in any album, I like a working title. It kind of has to have something. Because if it doesn't, it gets a jokey one or a dirty one. And you've got to be careful because then it, you get attached to that and suddenly you do have... Because... <laughs> <laughs> Even though the title's changed, it's still yeah. referred to as, you know, and it's a nightmare. So I do like <laughs> to have one to work to. A lot of bands have like whiteboards and I don't know what they all do, diagrams for every song, but I just need some titles. And uh, so week one, we're up at Anto Bar and uh, Jen just sent me a picture through of the wee one in her high chair and she had two things to play with. And one was this little astronaut. I think it's a play person or it's the play people range, I think. And it's like uber design, isn't it? It's totally safe. The colours are eye-catching, everything's smoothed off. The faces, people have put hundreds, if not thousands of hours into the design of that toy. There'll be meetings in the... the... (laughs) And it's head a great, office, you know, designing yeah, this toy. Great and, toy. I, yeah. I kind of want to play with that. It was great <laughs> magic. But she was equally engrossed by this deformed apple. So it was like an apple that had another bit on it. That <laughs> Je- Jen had plonked on a couple of cocktail sticks and put a couple of googly eyes on. 
And she just <laughs> underlined, it was like, astronaut meets Apple man. Yeah. I was like, that is it. It was just, and I knew instantly that that was the title. And it said so much. And uh, and then you, then you sort of, intuitively, I know that's it. That's the, that's the title. And I remember it, the, the text arrived, and I was like, guys, that's the title. And they all went, uh, okay. And then you look for things. I mean, Battle Geese already had the star kind of searching and soul searching and that kind of escaping earth yeah. to get to whatever. And there was actually another song that we ditched for this record on the other record called Perseids. Uh, and each version of it, I haven't gotten it quite right yet. I'm on Perseids 6, which I'm happy with, but Perseids 3 we did in Ireland and there was something about it. It was just uh, a bit off kilter. And so there was going to be two songs that definitely had an obvious stargazing kind of thing. So at that time, I didn't know what was going to be on the album, but when the title presented itself, I was like, yeah, Apple Man, that's like Adam and Eve. That's kind of, he's the Apple Man. And then there's the iPhone Apple Man. And there was, of course, a sexual deviant Apple Man. It's all there. <laughs> uh, but I just, yeah, that thing of the kind of, this kind of ultimate and human endeavor yeah basically presented with real life essentially and and very much being grounded on on a rock that is hurtling around space but that's not enough for us to be on a rock hurtling around a sun we've got to get off the rock yeah <laughs> and out to where it's really bad <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah it, it was there and I just, I don't know, it just felt absolutely right. And I instantly had the artwork as well, because uh, Dan Wilson, a Withered Hand, we, we did a tour with him, me Hopkins, and he, we started a tour diary, which he took over. He's a great illustrator. So already I had him to have a two-dimensional astronaut standing on a kind of lunar surface. And the space scene must have been an old uh, still life that I did back in school, or it might be one of my brothers. I've credited my brother just in case we get into a fam family squabble over it, but... <laughs> A pile of old artwork. I was like, yeah, the planets could be this kind of weird, there's an orange and an apple. and It just so happened the picture, we picked the apples right there. Um, but, but yeah, it, all, it just it really came really, really quickly. And we had something to work to as well. So I was able to, when the harpist came in, so what, what do you want me to do on, well, just as it goes on, make it more like star-like or make it more kind of just escape. And So yeah, it's good to have a title because you can kind of, there's something to push every song towards. Yeah. Even if it's the reaching out or the or the back down. You know, the, it's either down to earth, really down to earth, or you it, know. It and, feels like that that core theme to just drive you through the journey of, of well, start to end for the record. Yeah, and it's just, it's like it, it doesn't matter that there's polar opposites, even lyrically or, you know, love hate. Every, now there's like this huge expanse of it could push in all directions uh even though maybe sonically it doesn't uh i really wanted like i said a the scottish da dance band a tip of the hat to like my dad's generation it was double bass piano fiddle and accordion you know that would have been it that was the standard that's what you got so i kind of i thought yeah i want to base it on that but bagpipes gotta have bagpipes i mean I, lo I loved yeah. your um, your own version of the bagpipes <sighs> at your uh, in-store performance last night sorry my <laughs> <laughs> that, well, we all do that. <laughs> that, that, that thing in the nose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit broken trumpet at first, and then and then it became a bit more bagpipe. Yeah. But they're all wind instruments. Aren't they? <laughs> they're all they're all reeds. Yeah, really? Yeah. Is there a reed in a trumpet? Well, that's all to do with the that's the aperture. 
But but yeah, it's it's really interesting the the realization of of it live. And like I said, you know, um, your, your in store last night um, at Rough Trade East was was incredible, and it was it was great to see those songs realized live. And you know, for the first time, <laughs> yeah, for the first time for me, first, time, first for time for us, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, the waltz version of uh, of Surface that. Yeah, I don't know why. I just I just knew we couldn't pull off a, a motoric kind of, you know, crowdy. It couldn't be done in that. Maybe it could have been done in that lineup. Maybe I'm not being fair to the guys. Yeah. Uh, anybody tempted to buy this new record on the back of what we've done thus far? You may want to leave now then, just in case. Oh, it was going really well, and then. Uh, they tried to do a waltz version of a song that's actually kind of kraut rock. Peter Wawadi. Ready or not, and it's a heady descent. 
using you again But then you're someone who has never been far You're someone hardly desperate to be found a song and it becomes you know the penultimate epic on the record uh, and that's why it's there it's everything about it the pipes second track second last track the balance of it all all of that and you sometimes forget there's a song in there that could have done it could have been any anything it just so happened that it on that day we felt like doing it like that there it is and it gets worked on and it gets added to and, it, and it's almost like people think yeah that how it is is how it was always going to be ah but no but that seems to allow you to be able to then yeah so you come back actually let's just do it as a little waltz thing and and then you could actually hear all the lines especially when i'm getting them wrong (laughs) (laughs) which i which i did um but yeah it takes on a very different kind of feeling you know of yeah maybe it is a lot more claustrophobic a song and not this kind of i'm on i'm on it and it's we're here, we're, we're, we're actually winning. And then you hear it that way, like, well, are we winning, though? Hmm, there's the Apple Man right there. It's gone from astronaut to Apple Man, or the other way around. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a real pleasure to, to see it perform live. Um, and um, I've probably over, overdone it on, on time, really, and I know you've got to go, but the usual question at the end of an interview is, what, what's next? You what know, is what's next? next? But, um, well, I'm ahead of that, really. I've started. Really? I've been getting into Silver Apples. Ah, oh, I love Silver Apples. And so I've got another pseudonym, Queen Creosite. He's been running for like a decade and more. And uh, very early on, Queen... All oscillators. And uh, well, the Queen guy was the... It was just a bit too out there for a KC. You know, I'm really unhinged. But the two of them have kind of blended a little bit. But on the Queen side, I got myself a sequencer. Now, I started out writing songs with a sequencer and with a synth with a, a TR-505 Rowan drum box and all that stuff. So 
in the band where I'm harking back to the acoustic days of the Scooby-Doo's and, you know, my accordion playing. On the other side, I'm actually harking back to when I've started to write songs. So I've been getting all this gear again. Not all, but I try and buy one decent thing a year. Uh, so this year I had, uh, I, no, last year I got a drum synth for the first time. This, I can't even, I don't even know the name of it. The DRM something. Uh, and then I got had to get a sequencer to play the thing. So I've been getting into this just kind of more of a programmed. So Queen Creasite, I did a live show earlier in the year as Queen Creasite, just me playing a synth, and I had Captain Geeko, Jemby player. He was triggering samples and stuff off of a, these old drum pads, and Gav, our drummer, was trying to keep up, but, but better than that. And we did this three-piece, and I picked all the songs that I would never play in the band so it was things off Diamond Mine that I've never played live and really quiet, spaced out. We were doing Aurora, Boring, Alias. We were, uh, and we ended up creating this ambient, but not, I was sampling my own records to drop a loop in and all this kind of thing. And it went down incredibly well. And I thoroughly enjoyed it because I was just mucking about on a keyboard, tuning a radio out and in all that random nonsense and tooting about. And, uh, so uh, it worked really well. It sounds like fun. And yeah, and now Andy and I are talking about how could we do a two-piece, something silver apply. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have all the oscillators and stuff, but I do have a sequencer. And So that's our next kind of live prong. Uh, and I've already recorded a couple of things at home. I've got a, a record called Lino that I did in April. And it uses a bit of that drum machine type stuff. And I've been trying to sample off really, really old 78s you know, but through uh, one of those um, gramophones. Oh, so right. the sound is dreadful yeah. and it's, it's, but when you sa when you sample it on a tiny looping pedal and like, wow, this is great. So I've, I've done that line record. Especially when it's like strings and sort of orchestral yeah, stuff, you know, like Silver Apples used to do. All bonkers, man. Yeah. It all skips and the needle jumps. And so I've got that finished. And then I'm working on a thing at the minute called Quintessential Indian, which is a long sprawling, it's like a 45 minute, epic thing that just goes through all these different moods and sound bites and all that stuff uh and uh and another record called uh greetings from hamilton canada paul savage and i a few years back did a kind of like a duo a duo type record just him and i right. and uh i did a lot of bass and bits of guitar he did a lot of bass drums you know programming and we, we wanted it to be a pop record and we kind of got it finished and it landed at the same time as the revised diamond mine so domino kind of gave it oh <laughs> sound effects division <laughs> and uh so yeah it, it just it fell between the cracks but i've got it and i'm going to just put it out next year and just uh, as a limited little run and just as i we did it it's getting old now you know yeah. we just let's Let's just push it. So, um, yeah, it's incredibly a, a few things. prolific, yeah, and as always, and very much a, a true artist. And massive pleasure to meet you. And thanks for coming. Well, in. no, thank you. Cheers. Sticking my favorite moth, fix my magnetic north. Oh, my bipolar crush, you've squeezed the Arctic air out of my lungs. Drop off the key. My boat has sailed to Bolivia and I may not be back in one piece That's peace at last for me 
That's peace at last for me, please. Taking my favorite mouth to realign the stars. I have traveled far to douse the astral fire within my heart. Drop off the radar screen. Ship has set course for the space in between Orion's belt and battle geese. I may not be back, I may not be back, believe me. Peace of last, Rough Trades Radio. Brian Eno, Reflection. Available in-store and online at roughtrade.com.